It's good to be here this morning. I always enjoy coming to Westside Baptist Church. Uh, I'm, not every church you step foot in welcomes you like Westside, okay? It's good to see smiling faces, people that's glad you're there, and we're always glad to be here. Turn with me this morning, if you will, to the book of Acts chapter number 5. Acts chapter number 5. This morning I just want to say that we are living in a time where we need the power of God on our lives more than ever before. We're living in a time where there are false preachers, it seems, on every corner, on every channel, preaching a prosperity gospel, preaching a gospel of you make God into what you want Him to be, taking God's Word and twisting God's Word to fit their individual lives. And in this day and time, we don't need any more mega churches. We don't need smoke and lights. What we need in this day and time is the power of Almighty God on our lives. Not just on the pastor, not just on the choir leader, but on the individual families of the church. There's nothing wrong with games. There's nothing wrong with events, with the youth, with the church. In fact, I love these things. I believe it forms a bond within the church family. But without the power of God, it's all pointless. Vanity of vanity, Solomon said. Everything that he looked back over his life said it was all pointless without God. Everything that we do in our lives today ought to have the power of God on it. One preacher said it like this, Our high and privileged calling is to do the will of God and the power of God for the glory of God. It's hard to do the will of God without the power of God. Other than that, we're just doing it in vain, doing it under our own will, drawing people to our own attention rather than to the cross. I believe a lot of churches that don't see folks getting saved and they see uh, just this prosperity, what's happening is they're having an emotional experience instead of having the experience of God's power resting on their lives. More and more I talk to people and I counsel with people in my office that come from different churches and they say, I went for a while, it was good for a while, we worshipped, we had an emotional feeling, but I need something to sustain. Sustain me. I need something to get to the root of the problem in my life. The only way we can do that today is with the power of God on our lives. If you're willing and able this morning, would you stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word? And we're going to be in verse number 12. The Bible says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. I want to preach on this thought, if you haven't picked up on it already, the power of God. Father, I pray this morning, all that just like Moses and just like Aaron, you would use me as your mouthpiece. I pray that I would uh, be hidden this morning, Lord, and that the congregation would not see me. I pray they would not hear me, but God, I pray they would hear your word. God, I pray that your word would find a lodging place in the hearts of the people this morning. 
God, I pray that lives would be changed, that if there's a lost person, this would be the day that they come to know you. Lord, if there's one who's laid down their cross, Lord, maybe they started out on the journey with you, but somewhere along the way they have just given up. Lord, maybe through hard times and circumstances if they laid down that cross. I pray that this would be the morning that they pick it back up and get on fire for you and begin to serve you once again. For it's in your sweet son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Just to catch you up on speed this morning of what has taken place here in Acts chapter 5, we see this early church that has come together. The Bible says back in chapter number 4 that they had come together, they began to pray so much that they caused an earthquake, that the ground began to rumble, it began to shake because of the power of God on their lives. My, it's a mighty power. The Bible says that they come one to another, they come to the apostles and they begin to give everything that they had to the church. They begin to give everything and say, this doesn't belong to me, rather it is God's. You distribute it to the brothers and sisters in Christ as God leads you. The Bible says that no man called anything their own. But there was a problem this morning with this church. Oh, there was a husband and wife, and maybe you've read this story, by the name of Ananias and Sapphira. You see, what had happened was they had come to Peter, and they had sold a piece of land, the Bible says, and they laid the money back down at Peter's feet, and yet they kept a part back for themselves. The Bible says in chapter number 4 that there was a great man who had great generosity by the name of Barnabas. And it says that Barnabas sold a piece of his land and he gave everything that he had to the church. The people began to pat him on the back, though Barnabas did not want it. They began to say, my, what a mighty man of generosity. And so Ananias and Sapphira saw what Barnabas had done and they said, let's do the same thing. We'll sell off our lot down here. We'll bring the money to Peter We'll lay it down as if we give everything, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep a little nest egg back at home for ourselves and we ain't going to tell anybody. The Bible says that the power of God being on Peter, Peter knew what happened. Peter calls in Ananias and he says, Tell me, is this thing so that you sold a parcel of land for such and such amount of dollars? He said, Yes, it's so. He said, Tell me, did you keep a piece of that money back? He says, Yes. The Bible says that immediately he gave up the ghost and he died and the young men that were in that place, according to Jewish custom, wound up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, Ananias' wife Sapphira comes into the church there with the apostles and he says, tell me, did you know what Ananias was doing? She hung her head low and she said, I was aware of it. Peter said, Behold the feet of them that are at the door. Those that carried your husband out are here to carry you out. And the Bible says immediately she gave up the ghost and they carried her out and buried her next to her husband. The power of God is a wonderful, mighty thing, but it can also be a dreadful thing if we are on the wrong side of God. When we read in the Bible and it says that they kept back a parcel of that land. Here's what it means. It's the ancient Greek word, nosphysomia. 
And it means to misappropriate. That's what the word means. It wasn't the fact that they didn't uh, give all of their money. Peter said, hey, nobody has held you at gunpoint to sell your land. Nobody has threatened you to give every bit of your money to the church. Peter said, the problem lies that you said you give everything to God, yet you held back some for yourself just to get the accolades and the pat on the back of the church. This morning when we look at the power of God, I wonder if we are on the right side or the wrong side of God's power. I wonder, do we have the power on our individual lives? Sometimes I wonder when people in the community look at First Baptist of Strawberry Plain, do they say there is a church that the power of God resides on them? Does the community around here say Westside Baptist Church is a church where the, the power of God not only resides on the pastor, but on the individuals that make up that body of believers? This morning I want to show you a few ways that we can see the power of God in our lives if we're willing to let Him. It's by the hands. Notice in verse 12 what the Bible says. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Notice that little phrase, by the hands. What has taken place here is that God has had his power rest upon Peter and the other apostles. They are able to heal those that are lame. They are able to give sight to those who are blind. They are able to heal those who have leprosy. They are able to heal those who could not walk for years and years. Sometimes I imagine as a little boy, Peter may have walked up by the temple and may have known a man his whole life and say, there a man that has never been able to walk. Now because I have the power of God on my life, I want to do something for him. I believe that these people, according to the Bible, the Bible says that they would bring their sick loved ones out into the street hoping that just the shadow of Peter would pass by them and they would be healed and cleansed. But you see this morning, the power does not reside on Peter's shadow. The power of God is not just in Peter's hands, but it comes by the power of God through the apostles. Nowhere in this chapter do we find that the apostles said, look at what I've done. We don't find where they say, draw up the crowd, I'm about to do something miraculous. No, these were humble men and women of God who had the power of God. They did not want the fame. They did not want the fortune. They did not want to be broadcast all over the town. They just simply said, hey, we want to share the gospel. And the Bible says that it was by the hands of the apostles that God chose to use His power. I'm telling you today, church, that it can be by your hands that God's power can rest on you and do some mighty and miraculous things in your family, in this church, in this community, if you will humble yourselves. The Bible says to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you. But we want God to be lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The idea here is that this early church had it together because they did not want the fame. They did not want the pat on the back. They wanted God to be magnified, therefore His power rested on them. Church, let me just say 
that it seems that the ideal among most churches and believers today is that if you're a youth pastor, you're just playing in the minor leagues. I hear people tell me all the time, someday God will give you a church. I say, he's already given me a church. I don't want to be anywhere that God does not want me to be. I don't want to try to pastor a mega church if God says, I want you to be a youth pastor. I don't want to try to be an evangelist if God says, I want you to be a pastor. I want to be in the center of God's will, doing God's work. Therefore, I know He is pleased with me, and therefore His power will rest on me to do what He has called me to do. I hear churches all the time say, well, we'll eventually get to where we're running five, six hundred. We'll eventually get to where we got to put in a balcony and buy a new lot. Listen, that needs to be the least of our worries. Church, we need to focus on the power of God. Once the power of God begins to rest on us, then God will begin to send out believers to tell others. He will draw people in, and God will take care of all the rest of those things. But our primary focus this morning ought to be asking ourselves, is God's power resting on us? Church, I'm here to tell you, with the power of God, He can do more with 50 people than 500 claimers. He can do with more with, I tell our youth group this all the time, He can do more with 12 of you if you're sold out for the Lord rather than have 100 of us in here on Wednesday night. It's just a matter of how bad do we want it? How serious are we about it? I believe we are living in a time. You can turn on your television and you can see that the world is going crazy. Just like the song said a minute ago, it is a wilderness. I begin to think about all the LGBTQ. I begin to think about all of the furries that are now in the school systems that identify as animals. I heard about a lady not long ago in California who had a, a a ceremony where she married a tree and by the state of California they are identified as a couple. Listen, our world is going crazy. If we ever needed the power of God on the church it is today. We need Him today because I believe when we turn on the TV and we see these things happening, don't let it scare you. Don't let it make you scratch your head because Matthew said in that day many will be offended. We're finding a group of people where everybody nowadays and time is offended over everything everybody's offended but they don't care to offend the Christian they don't care what God thinks they want to go their own way do their own thing the Bible says to rest assured there will stand a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord and in that day there will be no turning back I heard one preacher say it like this. We've been preaching about the second coming of Christ for so long. People say, well, they was preaching it when I was a kid. I believe it's even closer. Just turn on your TV and open your Bible and you will see this book coming to pass right now. I believe that the second coming of Christ is so close that I like to eat dessert first now because he could come back before then. We need the power of God on our lives. A while back, 2018, I went to Israel. And they say studying over there, I was there for about two weeks, and 
They say while you're there, it's equivalent to two years Bible college. I hiked nine and a half miles a day. I took page after page of notes, took pictures, correlated them with notes. I learned so much during that time. I remember floating on a boat on the Sea of Galilee, reading in the Bible about the Sea of Galilee, and looking at the mountains and it describing in the Bible what God's Word says. It became real to me on that trip that we are living in Bible times. People say, oh, I'd love to live back in Bible days. We're living in Bible days. We're living in the last days. We're living in a time where the early church and the latter church both need the power of God on them. I began when I came back to say, I want to study more. I want to know more. I didn't have no plans on going to Bible college. I went to look at a uh, Monday night class. It cost money and it took a couple of years to do. I thought, well, by the time I'm done with that, I could have just had a degree. So I signed up. I went back to Bible college. I got my associate's degree. I went to First Baptist Church and one day Pastor Tony Hayes knocks on the door and he says, you want to go back for your bachelor's? I said, no. He said, we'll pay for it. I said, okay. So I went back. A while back, he knocks on my office door and sticks his head in one day. He said, would you like to go back for your master's? I said, not really. I said, I got a lot I'm wanting to do here at the church. He said, we'll pay for it. I said, okay. I said, but don't ask me to go back for my doctorate. I don't want to be called doctor. And I don't want to go back again. Not long after that, they've offered a program at the college we're going to. We'll pay for it. So in just a few months, I will start my doctorate. But here's one thing that I noticed. I sat at my desk one time, not long ago, and I, I was just dry and empty as a Christian, as a pastor, as a preacher. I was just going through some things. I sat down to study for a Wednesday night service. I flipped page after page. It was as if I had writer's block. I could not buy a message if I wanted it. I said, God, it's like I can read any scripture and pull something out of it. But today I have writer's block. Today I can't find What is wrong with me, God? I leaned back in my chair and I looked at those frames on the wall and I thought, where are you now? Where did this get me? What do I do now? I remember my Bible being open and I laid my head in the pages of that Bible. And I said, God, I need your power on me today. God, I need clarity and I need you to give me a message, a word to preach that your people need. I raised up from that prayer and I began to flip and it began to come to me like it always has. And I looked back and I thought the most important thing was just that prayer for God's power on my life. And so now on my wall, the most important document that is written on the wall in my office, it's not my associates or my bachelor's or my master's degree. It is a three-by-three three yellow post-it note. Because when I got up that day from praying, I wrote down these words that said, you can have every degree achievable to mankind, but they are worthless without the power of God. 
And I stuck it right there in the middle, reminding me, listen, we can claim to have knowledge. We can claim to say, I went here and I've done that. But listen, if we don't spend time with God in the presence of God and have the power of God on our lives, then it is all pointless. I wonder today, church, do you have the power of God on your lives? Do you want the power of God on your life? And if so, you're going to have to do it together. Notice what the latter part of verse number 12 says. Now these weren't Baptists, by the way, because the Bible says they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Sometimes it's hard to get Baptists together. Sometimes it's hard to get Baptists to agree on things. But the Bible says that this church had something in common together. It says that they were all together with one accord. Every time I read this verse, uh, um, I've read it for years and years, and I always think of an old western when I read this verse. Uh, It says they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. That word porch comes from that Greek word uh, portico, meaning a covered area with pillars. And I, I imagine, you know, when you watch a western, oh, there's all, it's always the same plot. There's somebody who's wreaking havoc in the town. Then this group of guys come in. They don't want no trouble, but yet they pin on the badge. They just mop the floor with the bad guys. And by the end of the Western, they're kicked back out in front of the courthouse. They're getting a mustache trim. They're spinning guns. They're sharpening knives. And nobody's over there messing with these guys. And I always think of that when I read this verse because notice this. The Bible says they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. They were together. This church come together and united for the glory of God and therefore everybody saw the power of God on their lives. They agreed on everything that should be done. There was nobody contesting or getting mad saying, well, where are you spending that money at? Well, why weren't these funds appropriated to to my fund and to what I wanted to do with the church? Nobody got mad and said, well, we put the wrong color carpet. Nobody got upset and said, well, I didn't get to sing this week. No, the church said, God, we're trusting you to lead us. We want your power on us. Therefore, we would rather your will be done than our own will. I begin to think about how powerful this church was, that they were sitting there in one accord on the porch of Solomon, everybody looking at them. I begin to think about the individual people that made up this church. I wonder about Westside this morning. Oh, what would God do in this place if not just the pastor come in with the power of God, but individual families come in with the power of God on their lives. I wonder if you would say today, hey, just like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Oh, brother so-and-so over here gets his family on fire for God at home. And sister so-and-so over here gets her family on fire for God at home. Pretty soon they come into the church house and all these individuals are on fire for God. The pastor's on fire for God. Then you see the presence of God and the community says, I wonder what's going on down there only to come in and find the power of God 
But it starts with us getting serious about God. Listen, daddies, I'm talking to you this morning. We should never have our kids coming to us saying, Dad, should I wear my suit or my bathing suit tomorrow? We should never have mama's children, little girls coming and saying, Mama, do I need my pageant dress or my church dress? We ought to know in our households that on Saturday night, make plans because we're getting up early. We're going to church on Sunday. We're going to serve the God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord because we want the power of the Lord on our lives. I wonder sometimes I ask myself, is our church lacking in any area at First Baptist? Because I'm lacking in some area. Amen. I wonder what can I do better to help the church to be better? I wonder sometimes is there anything in my life that is hindering God from doing a mighty work at our church? I catch myself praying much like David, search me, O Lord. If there be any wicked way in me, remove it because God, I want your power on my life. I wonder this morning, is there an area in your life that maybe you are lacking and because you are lacking in that area, in return it is affecting the church and the power of God on this place. Oh, I believe God wants to reside in our lives and in our hearts and in our churches. But sometimes, yes, sometimes, Christian, we can hinder God from blessing us. Our desires for the power of God have to be greater than our desire for the things of this world. Amen. Amen. And once we get to that point, get ready. Amen. Because I believe that's when God is going to do a mighty, magnificent work in our families, in our communities, in our churches. But you also have to get ready to be held to a higher standard. Amen. Amen. You say, well, what do you mean? Look at verse number 13. The Bible says, And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. What they are saying here is, of the rest of the people, nobody went over and sat in Solomon's porch with them. Nobody went and hung out with them. They kept themselves separate from them and would not join to them, but they did magnify them. When I begin to read this, my mind automatically went to, this must have been the lost and dying world. But as I begin to study it out more and more, it was like the Lord said, hey, there could be a few Christian people in there. There could be a few people that's part of that church that aren't committed to that church and that aren't, that aren't um, uh, sold out for the church. I began to read that again and it, it broke my heart as I read it because it says, And of the rest of them durst no man join themselves to them, but the people magnified them. Listen, the people didn't magnify them because of who they were. Peter was just an old fisherman that God radically got a hold of. That's the same with some of the others were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. He had betrayed his Jewish people and was working for Rome. 
uh, collecting taxes from his Jewish brothers and sisters. These are all guys, men and women who are broken, who are out of the will of the Lord, that he has brought in, radically saved them. They've become part of the church. They have been sold out for the cause of Christ. And now we see the power of God resting on them. And when it says it rested on them, it broke my heart when I read that because I thought, man, there are so many others that are probably Christians, probably wanted to be part of that church, but they said, I'm not that committed. I don't want to go down that road. They might, and I'm not looking at anybody this way. I'm going to preach this way. They might have said, I'm not that committed. We've got travel ball. I'm not that committed. We've got band. We've got this. We've got fishing. We've got hunt. You fill in the blank there. They said, I'm not that committed, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to separate myself. However, I am going to magnify them, and I can identify that they are of God because I see the power of God on them. I wondered this morning, which one of us is in those categories. Which category are you in this morning? Do you feel that you are sold out and you are serving for the Lord and doing all that you can? All you're trying to raise your family right? You're trying to do a Bible study? You're trying to serve the Lord? Or do you feel that maybe you say, I know the church down there. I love the church down there. But I ain't that sold out yet. Listen, if there's ever a time that we need to be sold out for the Lord, it is the day and time, 2023, this day that we live in because I believe He's coming back soon. And I believe that the Lord is looking for a few people that are sold out for His cause. They were magnified. People held them to a higher esteem because of the God that they serve. Who are we this morning? Do people hold us to a higher standard because they recognize the power of God on our lives? Or do we say, well, so-and-so goes to that church, but they're not faithful to that church. They're on the roll down there, but they ain't been in a while. Or do they say, there goes brother so-and-so in the grocery store. He is a man of God who sold out for God. There goes sister so-and-so. Oh, that woman knows how to pray. That woman knows how to lead her home. I wonder what it could be like if the power of God rested on every individual and we got serious about God and we say, God, I'm going to put everything else aside. I'm going to put all my hobbies aside. They're good for Saturday. They're good for Friday. They're good throughout the day, throughout the week. But God, on Sunday, it is your day. On Sunday, I'm going to serve you. On Wednesday, I'm not going to miss Bible study and prayer meeting because God, you are my ultimate hobby. God, I am so sold out for you that I want the power of God on my life more than I want anything this world has to offer you can come and get a song begin to softly play or however you all want to do I was thinking about a man that my family knows and this was a man that was a godly man I'm talking about one of those old saints of God that really knew how to get a hold of heaven through prayer. He really knew how to pray. He really knew how to get God's attention, it seemed like. This was a man that no doubt when he come down the road, you knew he had the power of God on his life because he lived it day in and day out. 
And one day this man who was a preacher stopped by this orphanage in his, his town there. It's a true story. And the lady that run the orphanage was there and he said, Ma'am, is there anything I can pray with you about? She said, we have taken on a crazy amount of little babies that need milk. She said, we're running low, extremely low on milk. Would you pray that maybe God would just send the funds or something that we could get some milk for these babies? He prayed with her and he left. And the very next day, there's a knock on her door. She opens up the door and it is a man in a truck. This hasn't been that long ago who is hauling milk and had a flat tire in front of her orphanage. He said, ma'am, I've got a truckload of milk that's going to spool by the time they get out here to change this tire. It's so hot outside today. Would you be willing to take this milk off my hands and use it in any way? She said, absolutely. He come by probably a year later visited with her again and asked her, is there anything I can pray with you about? She said, you know, we've got all these kids here and we're just running low on food. We need some food. Would you pray that God would send the funds for food? He prayed with her and he left. The very next day, once again, knock on the door. It is a guy that is driving one of these trucks that sells steaks. And he says, my truck has broke down. And the compressor and stuff's not keeping the meat cold. He said, would you be able to take this meat and use it before it spoils? She said, absolutely. Church, that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to be known as just a large group of people that are having an emotional experience at church and then leave and go out into a real world where the devil's waiting at the front doors to attack you and be weak and anemic Christians. Amen. I want to be a Christian that has the power of God on my life. When I die, one day you'll read maybe about my death. And it'll say, Wesley Whitby's going on to be with the Lord. And he was a member of First Baptist Church and North Hills Baptist Church. The Lord called him to preach at 15, all these things. It might even say in there his hobbies included fishing and hunting, all these different things. But I don't want that to identify who I am. I don't want my hobbies to identify who I am. I want people to look back at the life of Wesley Whitby and say, not because of who he was, but because of who he served. And I want people to say it was evident that he had had the power of God on his life and it was evident that he spent time with God. That's what I want. Because I know if I've accomplished that, I have finished my course well and pleased my Father. I don't know what you need this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, you're lost. Maybe the reason is that you don't have the power of God on your life. It's maybe because you've never repented of your sins. Ask Him to save your soul. And maybe it's because the Holy Spirit has never come to live in you as a believer. Maybe you're a Christian. Listen, don't let any of these televangelists tell you that once you come to know Christ, everything's going to be easy because it's not. 
fact, it's going to be tough. The devil's going to be after you. But I promise you, hear my words this morning, I promise you it will be worth it all in the end. But maybe you're a Christian who has given your life to Christ. Maybe somewhere along the way a hard circumstance or something has broken you down. Maybe you didn't mean to, but over time you've slowly just grown away from the Lord. Let me encourage you to get that power back this morning. Get that fire back for God. Because there are people in your families, in your community, in your jobs, in your homes that are depending on you to be sold out for Christ. Whatever you need this morning, I pray that you would come. Father, Lord, I have spoken the message I feel that you have told me to preach today. Lord, I have done my very best with it. I pray that you would take my mess this morning, and I pray that you would make a blessing out of it. Pray that you would speak to the hearts that are in need. God, you know the hearts of every individual in this place. Every individual that's watching by live stream, God, you know the needs we have. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would have a desire to know you a little bit better and to have your power rest on us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Brother Josh.